Hello, friends. Welcome back to the show. It is my honor today to be joined by Ruth Haley Barton. How are you, Dr. Barton? I'm doing great. Please call me Ruth. <laughs> I will. I will. But you know, you got a doctor. I feel like you should at I least, know. you know, well. <laughs> you know, give respect where respect yeah. is due. So, oh, well, but uh, Ruth, thanks for being on the podcast. Mm-hmm. It's good to be with I, you. I do appreciate it. And mm-hmm. okay, I'm going to be real honest, Ruth. We're talking about Sabbath. We're talking about mm-hmm. sabbaticals. And mm-hmm. I've got a little PTSD when it comes to talking about sabbaticals mm-hmm. on the podcast. Mm-hmm. Let me just start with the story that my listeners all know. Okay. It might mm-hmm. be one of my, uh, my audience might love this podcast episode more than mm-hmm. anyone else I've been on. But a couple years ago, mm-hmm. I had a sabbatical. And so I'm a pastor. It's my day job. Mm-hmm. And so I got a sabbatical for my church. And so I was going to step away from doing my uh, pastoral work. And mm-hmm. for some reason, I thought it was a good idea to keep on doing the podcast. Been doing it for eight years at the time. And so I thought, I'll just do some podcasts while I'm on sabbatical. And I happened to have scheduled that week a gentleman named John Eldridge, who you mm-hmm. might know as the mm-hmm. very wild at heart man. Mm-hmm. And he'd been on the podcast once before. He had a book coming out. So I was like, cool, we'll talk to mm-hmm. old John Monday of my sabbatical. I tell him what I'm doing. Ten minutes into the conversation, he goes, Luke, I love you. But what are you doing? And he hangs up the phone call, and it just ends it. <laughs> I and then love I was like, "Well, well, I guess we're we're not doing the podcast anymore for the rest of the sabbatical." So, are mm-hmm. you or are you not going to hang up on me if I mm-hmm. say the wrong thing about Sabbath today? I, I won't. But I just hope you're not on sabbatical right this minute because I don't know how I'd react to that. <laughs> Tell me you're not on sabbatical. No, I, honestly, I wish I was on sabbatical right now. You know, yeah. everyone could use one every year, in my mm-hmm. opinion. But no. Um, no, I'm definitely not. And I definitely mm-hmm. think that Eldridge was actually mm-hmm. doing the right thing. And yeah. some people might have misunderstood what he was doing, but mm-hmm. I 100% support his, yeah. uh, anyway. Mm-hmm. So you're not going to hang up on me so we can, no. I can relax a little bit. You can bit. say whatever you want. Yeah. Okay, good. All right. I can take a breath now. Thank mm-hmm. you so much. Mm-hmm. Um, you started doing Sabbath from what I read about 20 years ago. Mm-hmm. And you actually make a pretty audacious statement to start mm-hmm. the book saying that you don't know if you would still mm-hmm. be around without it. That's a pretty mm-hmm. big statement. Yeah. What made you feel like that was an accurate description of your reality? Mm-hmm. Well, <laughs> without Sabbath, for one thing, my performance-oriented drivenness would just be at work all the time and I would never be resting. And, and human beings are not created to go and go and go 24-7. So mm-hmm. that would have been very bad for me. Um, and then also, I think that without Sabbath, we're just not living within our human limitations. And so you're going to crash and burn somewhere yeah. along the way. Um, and it's just, it's just true. Um, and mm-hmm. I think that even a lot of what we see, the failures among leaders and everything these days, in many ways can be related to a kind of lifestyle that does not acknowledge their humanity and mm. give God a chance, you know, give God, you know, the access that God needs to have yeah. in our lives regularly in order to keep us where we need to be. So you think that some of the kind of train wreck situations that we see in people who do the line of work that you and I mm-hmm. do actually comes from an inability for them to follow like the biblical mandate to rest. Yeah. I mean, there's other things too, um, for sure. Like self-examination would be the other practice that I would say is probably missing when someone's going off the rails is that they're not regularly practicing self-examination. They don't have a spiritual director. Yeah. Can, um, can you explain like what that. self-examination looks mm-hmm. like? Yeah. Um, well, you know, in the Ignatian tradition, it's called the examen, but it's, and it's, but it's also very rooted in Psalm 139, that verse, search me, O God, and know my heart, try me and know mm-hmm. my thoughts, see if there be any wicked way. But I actually like to rephrase that and say, see if there be any ineffective way in me or any unproductive way in me, mm-hmm. um, and lead why, me in why the do way you everlasting. Well, because I think sometimes, you know, sin uh, or wicked, like, you know, I think we might, I don't know, might have a hard time um, fully relating to the word wicked. Um, So we might not be wicked, but there are things that we're doing that are ineffective and unproductive and and Mm -hmm. maybe not good for us on some level, uh, not good for other people. So it's more inclusive, you know, of the ways we might see ourselves, you know, if that makes any sense at all. And it might be 
maybe a softer way for some of us to get into that conversation. Cause I can talk exactly. about what's in the same way that like guys don't mm-hmm. say that they're afraid, but we say that we're stressed, right? Mm-hmm. We can say that, yeah. or we can say that we're angry cause we can't say that we're hurt. Mm-hmm. Like the same corner yeah. kind of thing. Like, yeah, let's right. It just helps us to ease in, you know? Okay. Um, yeah. Just yeah. kind of dip your toe into it. So mm-hmm. um, when we're thinking about the dysfunction that we see, mm-hmm. especially in people who do lines of work like us, Mm-hmm. It's a lack of examining themselves, a, a lack of like maybe a rigorous self inventory about who you are and what's going on, but also mm-hmm. rest. And we don't mm-hmm. do that. For, for some of us, we think, well, yeah. we're less effective because we're resting too much or we're too lazy and mm-hmm. we're not. I, I don't know if you get into this sort of bro culture of like always grinding. Like that is like a mm-hmm. r- rising grind. Like that's a sign of a, mm-hmm. like a successful man or woman. It's yeah. not just men. Mm-hmm. But, um, how do we reset that sort of calibration of going, this is an effective and successful life if you're always mm-hmm. producing to going, no, actually, this is a successful life to, to rest? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, could we, I'd like to define the term of Sabbath just a little bit because yeah, Sabbath right. is not just about rest. It's all, it's actually the word Shabbat means to cease. And mm-hmm. so it's to stop doing the work, the things that you usually do. Um, and, you know, we know from the biblical story that Sabbath also has a piece in it that's got to do with resistance, you know, mm-hmm. resistance to being in bondage, to being oppressed. And of course, it was given as a gift to the Israelites um, and it was sign, symbol and lived reality of their liberation from oppression. But I actually feel like there are many ways in we're, which we're in bondage today and that this rhythm of Sabbath rest is actually a way in which we say to the, you know, the the um, demanding taskmasters of our culture, you know, mm-hmm. you don't own me. Um, I'm not living my life for you. I'm living mm-hmm. my life for God and I'm living my life on the terms that the creator has created for me. I'm not beholden to you. So it's very powerful too, as a, as a way of resisting culture and a way of resisting our own overachieving ways and our own drivenness and those things that we're also very much in bondage to, even though those are a little bit more subtle. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, um, yeah, Yeah, we think bondage. For those of us who have been lucky enough to Mm -hmm. know the narrative of Scripture, we tie that to Pharaoh and the Mm -hmm. Israelites and Egyptian slavery. And hey, we we got to take a day off. We're not going to do this every day. Mm -hmm. We think that, especially when the response is no. Now you don't get straw when you're making these bricks. Mm -hmm. We get that as like oppressive and bondage. That's not good. Mm -hmm. But how do we see the, the the pace that we're living, the life that we're living right now, as actually bondage too? Because it doesn't seem nearly as painful for most of us as as that. Yeah. Well, maybe could I substitute the word addiction <laughs> in some ways, you know, that it's that, that yeah. thing. Yeah, it's that thing that we can't stop doing, even though we know it would be good for us to stop. And even though mm-hmm. we know it might even be killing us or destroying us, but we just can't stop. Well, we're in bondage to something within ourselves. You know, we're in bondage to the drivenness within ourselves and the overachieving ways and the ways that we try to respond to the demands and expectations of life in our culture. Mm-hmm. But just because it's internal, it's no less real. It's no less yeah. real in terms of an experience of being in bondage because I can't stop doing the thing that I know I need to stop. Um, yeah. That's really, okay, so you're two for two with these different yeah. words. Like mm-hmm. addiction, I yeah, know. I think we yeah. we can all jump in and go, okay, even if it's not mm-hmm. like, hey, I need to be in AA, like I'm still addicted to something that mm-hmm. I need to get away from. And That I need to a- cease a- in my life. I need to cease it, you mm-hmm. know? Yeah. Uh, you talk about the reality that many of us only experience a break when we're sick or we're hurt or we're injured mm-hmm. or something like that. That mm-hmm. like, I think you talked about, uh, was it, was it a bike accident mm-hmm. that, yes. Okay. So you have this, uh, situation bike accident that was substantial. Mm-hmm. And so you had a forced sub- sabbatical to some degree. And for many of us, like that is the only sort of break that we take is mm-hmm. when something catastrophic happens like that. Or when our body says, Hey, um, we're taking a sabbatical if you want it, whether you're going to schedule it or not. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, Yeah. And, you know, the irony of that situation for me was that I didn't stop, that I had this accident where I collided with a van who pulled out in front of me. And so I went down and the van rolled, came up and rolled on to my legs, intertwined with Mm. the bike. So it was a car accident, too. It was getting run over, really, by by a car on my bike. Um, Wow. But I didn't yeah. stop. Like, so I, I got I got myself all bandaged up and then went back to work the next day. And I had a friend who said, Ruth, 
you could take a day off. You did just get run over by a bike, by a van. And I'm like, what is wrong with me? Like, yes, I could Mm. take a day off, but this is, this is me. This is who I am. And so, um, that was the moment when Wayne Mueller's words came back to me because I'd been reading his book on the Sabbath. And he says that if we don't take our Sabbath, then our, our illnesses and our cancers and our accidents will become our Sabbath. And I thought that's what's going on here is that I've been working beyond my limits. And I was 41 at the time I've been working beyond my limits for so long. And even though I don't think God caused that accident, God is really using it right now to get my attention and to help me to ponder my life because this is not going to be sustainable long-term, but I couldn't stop. You know what I mean? I I was in bondage to these inner dynamics. And I I assume you're probably celebrated for that. I mean, my my father, my father once, uh, mm-hmm. got run over by a car. He was a, mm-hmm. uh, back when he was a, a coach here in Texas, mm-hmm. gets run over by a car and he gets up and goes, mm-hmm. it's a track meet and he goes to the track meet and he's wearing the jacket that he was run over with. And there's mm-hmm. tire prints on the yes, back of his jacket from a car mm-hmm. and he's at work. Like he's doing his yeah. thing. And like, I always go, wow, what a tough dude. Like that, that's super mm-hmm. impressive. You, you know, the next day you're working. Wow. What a tough dude. Mm-hmm. Like that's a very impressive yeah. But in a culture that celebrates you for doing things that are yeah. actually destructive for your soul, mm-hmm. like th- in some ways we need to break from that taskmaster. That's right. Exactly. And it is a taskmaster. I want to say that it is a taskmaster who corresponds with our own inner drivenness. You know what I mean? Like yeah. if we didn't have a place inside us that could be hooked, then it wouldn't matter what was happening in the culture. But the truth is we, we are able to be hooked. There's something yeah. inside us that can be hooked by that culture that is overachieving and performance oriented and things like that. And so we're caught, we're stuck, we're, we're in bondage until God gets our attention, which is yeah. why I'm really grateful for that moment in my life, even though it was somewhat traumatic. I feel like somewhat traumatic might be a little mm-hmm. bit of an understatement, but you know, usually yeah. when you get hit by a car, it's big traumatic, but you know, teach the wrong mm-hmm. way all to find yeah, things differently. Exactly. You've got a great quote in the book from Nowen who talks about, we have to guard the work of the spirit in our life. Mm-hmm. Sabbath stopping, like this is a way, ceasing is a way to mm-hmm. guard the work of the spirit. You have a line from Roar who talks about uh, only with, uh, like, I forget the line, but it's something to the extent of like only in rest in God, do we like realize who we are, remember who we That's truly right. are? Like, mm-hmm. Right. Yes. Mm-hmm. Can you give me the quote better? I, I think I bought uh, it a yes. little bit. Yeah. Let but me, um, it's going to take me a minute to, to find of, like, it. Our, um, yeah. While you're looking it up, but like the identity yeah. that, that we truly have, it's not found in what I do. It's not found in what I perform. It's actually found in my identity to God. And in Sabbath, like there's a way for us to experience it. Yes, that's right. Um, Let's keep talking because I'm going to, it's going to take me a minute. Um, yeah, I think I might I'll even read have it eventually. It Do you have it? Yeah, yeah, somewhere over here. But nevertheless, okay, the idea yeah. that like our identity is found in, in Sabbath, let's not stress about the quote. Yes. But I, I'd like to kind of get into some of the specifics. I think mm-hmm. we get the idea of Sabbath. We're for mm-hmm. Sabbath. Um, it's good for us. I don't think anyone's debating. I think the debate mm-hmm. is not if it's good for us, but if it's good and realistic for me to actually do yeah. this. And I think mm-hmm. most of us are like, yeah, that'd be great if I could. Yeah. No one's going, oh, this is a bad idea. But it's like, I can't work that into my schedule. Yeah. I assume that's been a conversation you've had a few times. How do you help yes, people imagine yeah. a realistic way to do it? Well, I'm going to step, I'm going to step back one step and say that I had had a desire for Sabbath for a while before I had my biking accident and God got my attention. Mm-hmm. And so in that, in that season where God had my attention, I had to lean into the desire that I'd been experiencing for a way of life that worked. And up to that point, I'd been saying, no, it's not possible for me. I'd been reading these gorgeous books on the Sabbath and crying. They were so beautiful, but I couldn't figure out how it could happen for me. It was in Mm -hmm. the too hard file. It was in the realm of being impossible. Mm -hmm. And the first thing we have to do, I think, is truly own our own desire for it. Um, to enter into Sabbath as an ought or a should or something like that is not enough of a reason. It's not going to get us there. It's not going to get us through the difficulty of scheduling mm-hmm. and complication and all of that. So one of the things I'm most grateful for about that experience was that it gave me time and space to really claim and own my desire for a way of life that worked and to say to God, I don't know what it looks like right now. I don't know how it's going to, how I'm going to do it, but I want it so bad. I, I'm willing to change my life. Mm. There has to be that before we can even enter into the practical how-tos. Does that resonate with you? Does yeah. that make sense oh. to you? Yeah, if you don't want to and you're just doing set of yes. obligation, that's... Yeah. But it seems to, for, from my experience, 
of the way I practice Sabbath and we're, mm-hmm. we'll get into some mm-hmm. of the specifics that maybe you have critiques on what mm-hmm. I do, which I'd love to talk mm-hmm. about. But I look forward to it. Like I, I yeah. work really hard leading mm-hmm. up until Sabbath because I want yes. uh, I, I want to be able to rest. I don't want to feel mm-hmm. like I've got, I, I, I do mine on Friday. I'm a mm-hmm. pastor. So Sunday obviously mm-hmm. is the big day, which means I've got to have all my stuff done for Sunday when I mm-hmm. leave on Thursday or I'm not ready for yeah. it. And so mm-hmm. I wonder if, you know, my experience could be, analogous to what others have where like, you know, you should do it. You, you, you kind of like the idea of it, but once you get into it, you become mm-hmm. ad- addicted to the blessing yeah. of Sabbath. Mm-hmm. That's so, right. Like, it, it grows. And so I, mm-hmm. I work really hard because I want to be fully present in it. Mm-hmm. Yes. Yes. And in that way, you're, you're, you know, indicating that Sabbath is a way of life. It's not just a day because you have to live the rest of your week in such a way that you actually get to have the Sabbath day, right? That's what you're saying. You have to work yeah. hard to order the rest of your week so that you can have that day. So yeah. I, I just want to name the fact it's that it's a I way of life. It's a way of life. It's not just a day. You have to order your whole life for it. Um, so Sabbath is not the hard work. It's the ordering your life so you can have a Sabbath, you know, hmm. that is the hard work in my yeah. mind, the way well, I experience it. One of the great Texas legends, our beloved Colt McCoy, who used mm-hmm. to play quarterback for our Longhorns, uh, I, I remember one of the uh, interview before maybe the national championship game in uh, whenever that was, 2008 or nine. I'm, I'm sure you remember it like it was yesterday. Um, but he's interviewed and someone talks about, hey, how do you feel about the big game coming up? And he goes, the hay is already in the barn. Like all, all the work has been done. Mm-hmm. I don't need to, yeah. to stress about it. And mm-hmm. and uh, like that's like that's kind of the motto. Like you have to get all the hay in the barn before you can be yeah. fully present to Sabbath. So I like the way you talk about like it's a way of life that it's not just mm-hmm. one day. Yeah. I have a question for you um, and not a critique at all. Just a, a, a real question, because I um, I'm not speaking every Sunday because I'm not a pastor right now. Yeah. But I do speak a lot. And what I sure. one of the things that I find is that when I have a speaking thing coming up, it's especially if it's a new prep, it's really hard for me to let it go until it's delivered. Do you find that by taking your Sabbath on Friday, you're actually really able to release your mind from that sermon? Okay, so my routine, and I stole this from mm-hmm. a gentleman just up the road from you in Grand Rapids, but before mm-hmm. my first Sunday at Westover uh, in Austin, I was in L.A., and uh, I was having a lunch with uh, Rob Bell, who was mm-hmm. up in Grand Rapids, and he talked about how he used to do this Thursday lunch group mm-hmm. where he would do basically a run-through of a sermon and then get feedback on it. And he said, one of the things you do is, once you do that, then you know what you're going to get, mm-hmm. and so mm-hmm. you're not stressed about it. And so in some ways, like I usually verbalize it with a group of people mm-hmm. on Thursday, and so I don't have any anxiety about what I have or what I don't have. I know what I mm-hmm. have. And I'm good with it, or I know I didn't have it, and so I work on it the rest of Thursday I was going to say, you have to fix it then if you get some input yeah. that oh. that it's yeah. missing. There's a gap, or it's missing something, oh. or there, whatever. There's plenty, plenty so of those. So there's usually yes. an hour follow-up. Mm-hmm. Sometimes it's not. But mm-hmm. yeah, and so in some ways, yeah. that, that quells some of that anxiety. But Good. also, mm-hmm. like the creative process for me, and I love your feedback on this, mm-hmm. is... I put it on ice. Like it's, it's done mm-hmm. Thursday when I leave. I, like I, I yeah. printed mine off cause Good I'm going you. to Chicago tomorrow on a Wednesday mm-hmm. and it's in my bag Wednesday and I'll pick it up Saturday night. And so mm-hmm. I'll reassess it and yeah. like maybe do some updates or something. But for me, it's like you, you put the, like you put on the crock pot, it's done. Mm-hmm. You don't look at it, but then when you mm-hmm. come back to it, like somehow it, it's more flavorful once you mm-hmm. rest. Does that yeah, make sense good. to your experience? It does. Yeah, it does. It, it absolutely does. I, I, it just could be my mind, but I'm afraid that my mind would keep working on it huh. until I had delivered it, you know? Um, oh. yeah. You know, it's Isn't that I, funny? Mine, I just turn it off. Like yeah. there'll be times I will go get a haircut Saturday afternoon mm-hmm. and my friend Morgan, who goes to our church, um, she'll come my hair and say, Hey, what are we talking about tomorrow? I'm like, I don't know. I don't remember. Mm-hmm. And I'll like, uh, okay, this is what I'm talking about. But like, Good for I, you. but you you talked about a way of life and this is mm-hmm. a, you know, 10 years of doing this rhythm has created this fruit of like the yes. spiritual discipline. Dare mm-hmm. I say a sacred rhythm <clears throat> yes. has been created. That's re- <laughs> yeah. reference to a previous book of yours <laughs> that has been created and it, it gives life yes. to it. Yes, indeed. Yeah. And I do think that the mind and the body and the soul can be trained, you know, like mm-hmm. you're talking about. It's kind of a training that you have in place now of being able to set it aside mentally. You know, mm-hmm. you've trained your mind to do that. It's over. I'm heading into Sabbath. I mm-hmm. will pick it up again, but for now, I'm resting my mind on, on the Sabbath. Yeah, so yeah, that's but, great. So my experience uh, is similar to something else you described in the book, where mm-hmm. at first it was, I've got to put work away. 
And like yeah. we just talked about, I think preaching is a central part mm-hmm. of my work. I can put that away, but I'm not as good about my phone, mm-hmm. getting my phone. Technology yeah. is like this new piece that's always addictive. And you know, you I reference know. a lot of uh, alone together. Is that Sher- Sherry? Sherry Turkle. Tur- mm-hmm. Turkle. Yeah, like her work is mm-hmm. brilliant. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> but it, it's tough. And part of the reason it's hard for me to put it away is because... I've got three kids and I get yeah. to take them to school and pick them up. And mm-hmm. my, uh, my wife is working. And so occasionally she wants to get a hold of me. And luckily I can put my phone on a setting yeah. where only they can yes. contact me. <clears throat> but, um, like my, my phone's around me and I kind of, I know. To, to some degree, like, I don't know if I can separate myself from it, um, completely as much as I would like to, what are some pieces of advice that you give to people as they're trying to process, technology, separation, while also understanding some of the complexities of, you know, you want to be there for your kids. Yeah, 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 yeah. Well, (laughs) this might be more of a change than you want to hear about, but um, um, maybe you notice in the book that I pull on the thread of Sabbath being a communal discipline. Yeah, I know. You don't like that. (laughs) See, I know. (laughs) Yeah, it's going to, this could, this could mess with you. I don't know. But, um, you know, I often have people say, well, I, you know, I have young kids and it's not very restful, you know, having young kids. And so I take my Sabbath on a Monday. How do you feel about that? And yes. I'm like, well, I can't really necessarily applaud yeah. that because children and families need to take Sabbath together because Sabbath was given as a communal discipline, not as an individual practice. And that is mm-hmm. one of the things I am dealing with in this book is, um, yeah, the fact that, that, this, yeah, you don't want that. What, it messes you. It messes well, this with is, you. This is what I foreshadow like you and you're going to have to coach me up on this. Yeah. The problem is the reality, like you were a pastor's yeah. group as a pastor's mm-hmm. kid and mm-hmm. your experience being a pastor's uh, daughter. Yeah. Um, I, I'm grateful that my kids don't have some of the expectations that were placed mm-hmm. on your shoulders. And mm-hmm. I'm very thankful for my church for many things, but yeah. that uh, specifically, mm-hmm. but the idea of like, Sunday being Sabbath, like we're working, like I'm working on, on, mm-hmm. on Sunday, but also like yeah. Saturday, like my kids are involved in sports. And you talked about that yeah. being a, an experience where you're mm-hmm. you know, raising athletic kids and they want to do that. And I'm, I'm really supportive of what sports can teach people specifically sports can teach my daughter. Mm-hmm. How do I see like, Hey, I've got two soccer games at eight thirty in the morning and then I have a volleyball game and then or two volleyball games and then a soccer game. And then we have mm-hmm. this and I got to pick someone up. Like that doesn't seem like Sabbath to me. Mm-mm. What's the what's the suggestion, Doctor Barton, on how to, <laughs> how to how to navigate this? All right, you're the expert. Okay, I'm not the expert. I've just been around the block. You know, I feel like that <laughs> that Liberty Mutual commercial. I know a thing or two because I've seen a thing or two. <laughs> yes, ma'am. Yes, ma'am. Uh, um, I guess I want to push into the Sunday part. Um, you know, one of the reasons that individuals don't get to practice Sabbath is because their churches have such a busy existence. And so Sundays are just loaded up with all the activities. But if we had Sunday worship in the mornings and that was the end, then everybody, including the pastoral staff, goes home. Mm-hmm. And, you know, the pastoral staff would be practicing Sabbath with their family for the rest of the day on Sunday. And maybe they take their Sabbath through Monday at noon or maybe even the, into the evening. I don't know. But that the communities got to do it together in order for this to work. Mm. And for most families, Sundays is the only day that's even remotely possible for us, for a whole family to take a Sabbath together because Saturdays aren't the day. That's really, really true. And I think, you know, I think I wrote about this in the book that, um, you know, a lot of times club sports plays on Sundays. And that was the place where we said no. Um, we, our daughter, one of our daughters was a very high level soccer player and we supported her athletics in all sorts of ways. But when she wanted to join a club team that would play on Sundays, we said, well, if you can get a ride, you can do it, but we're not doing that on the Mm -hmm. Sabbath because I'm telling you running around in cars with water bottles and coolers and all of that, that is not restful. That is just, you know, that's just not. So I guess I would want to, I would want to ask if there was any way that your church's life could be actually reordered around Sabbath so that at the end of the last service on Sunday, that is the beginning of everybody's Sabbath. And in Mm -hmm. that way, not only are you getting a Sabbath with your family, at least for a good portion of that day, but Mm -hmm. also the church is being guided into a Sabbath practice and we're envisioning for them how they can get Sabbath too. So mm-hmm. 
can you hang around for three hours? My next uh-huh. elders meeting starts yes, then. Yes, that's right. I, I want said, no, to. I, I would like to I, get no, in there. <laughs> I bet you would. I bet you would. No, I, I'm joking. My, my elders mm-hmm. are very supportive, and mm-hmm. my church is very supportive of, of, of mm-hmm. me and everyone. I, so our church doesn't have you know a Sunday night service. I mean, there, there's mm-hmm. events that are going on. Yeah. But uh, you know, part of like here's one of the weird things is that Austin is not very great with traffic. And so people mm-hmm. didn't want to drive on Wednesday nights to do things mm-hmm. for students. And so there's student things that go on Sunday night and there's things that happen, you know, uh, different groups that meet and all that. Mm-hmm. Um, again, my, my church has given me experience that's different than the one that mm-hmm. you described is pretty laborious for you growing up. Yeah. And, and so I'm very grateful for that. Mm-hmm. Uh, but there I was another one I shared. There was another story I shared, and this was one from when I was an adult. Do you remember that one? Um, it's a long book. Go ahead. Can I, yeah, yeah. Yeah, so jump in. This was um, when I not was like, in. It's not like 400 pages. Like, let me just no, for my listeners. It's not like exactly. Okay, I just yeah. like the way I said that. Yeah, there was another. There was another story that I shared where when I wasn't serving on staff at a church because I had experienced the, the you know the impossibility when I was on staff at a church. But there was mm-hmm. a season where I wasn't on staff at a church, and I'm like, oh, good. Now we can just go to church as a normal family, and we can maybe learn how to have Sabbath together. So we went to this church and. You know, lo and behold, it was similar to what you described. They loaded everything into Sunday. So the two, the youth groups, and they met at different times. So our kids were at different times in different youth groups, congregational meetings, choir practice, small groups. Everything happened on Sundays. And so we couldn't even hardly find two hours to have a meal together on a Sunday. And it was the only day that was really possible for us. Mm. Um, and so then I had to face the fact that it wasn't the secular culture that was preventing us from having a Sabbath. It was actually the church and the church's rhythms that were preventing us from having a Sabbath. And that was heartbreaking because I was mm. so looking forward to being in a church that would not only teach and guide, but also support through their scheduling mm. and through their decision making a practice of Sabbath for everyone. So mm. I'm just saying I, th- this is a challenging book in that in that way, because I am challenging some sacred cows. And I know that, you know, when I call the church to consider whether or not they are being called to lead congregations and lead communities in a Sabbath practice, that means they have to look at their way that they schedule things. Mm. And then you're looking at, well, you know, how are we weighing out these Priorities. How important is Sabbath to us? Um, and the truth is that Sabbath was not given to an individual. It was given to the people of Israel and it was given through their senior leader, Moses. And even when they got all confused and failed at it, God didn't go to, you know, Joshua or Aaron or anybody else. He went straight back to Moses and he said, you need to teach the people, go over it with them again, help them to understand what it means for them to keep a Sabbath. So it comes down from the leadership and it might confront some sacred cows to say, what are we going to choose to value most highly here? Mm -hmm. And I'm praying that through this book, there are some communities that say, we want to be a Sabbath community. Not Mm -hmm. only do we want individuals to order their lives around Sabbath keeping, but we want our community to order its life around Sabbath keeping. So Mm -hmm. I, you know, I know I may be messing with some things here, but yeah, I'll be all up in your business, but there it is. Yeah. No, (laughs) thanks for having you on the podcast. I'm hanging Mm -hmm. up right now. I'm going to John Eldridge you. No, (laughs) just joking. (laughs) So the sacred cows that we have to assess uh, mm-hmm. and and have this sort of, you know, Psalm 139 rigorous mm-hmm. self-inspection collectively, mm-hmm. um, like things are going to pop up. Like yeah. we like to put things on, like we, we like to be productive. Mm-hmm. We like to have these things. I mean, what other mm-hmm. sort of sacred cows or what so- sacred cows do you think are the ones that we're not willing to sacrifice that inhibit this sort of Sabbath communal experience? Mm-hmm. Well, You know, I think even the statement that you made, which I know was the reason why this church that we attended did what they did the way that they did it. They were afraid they couldn't get people to come back on any other day. So they did everything on Sunday. So they weren't asking people to come back another time. I understand that. I have, you know, compassion for that. But at the same time, it doesn't give normal congregants and even some staff members the chance to have a Sabbath. The other thing that's really, I think, significant to look at is, yeah, so church staff, they can do what you do. They can take their Friday or their Monday. But mm-hmm. what about your high-level volunteers who work a nine-to-five job through the week and then they have their volunteer responsibilities on the weekend? How are we guiding them to have a Sabbath and to practice Sabbath, which is, by the way, one of the Ten Commandments. I don't say I don't emphasize that much, but it is the yeah. fourth commandment. And as far as yeah. I know, God never took it back. So yeah. how are we as leaders? This is our job. How are we structuring our life in church 
so that we are guiding, teaching, and also making it possible through the way that we schedule. How are we helping them to have a Sabbath too? Mm-hmm. And I feel like that's part of our spiritual leadership. Not, you know, and, and in that one, I would say it's not just you by yourself. That would be something that elders and staff would definitely have to come to together and say, yes, this is a part of our leadership. So we're going to relook at everything, you know, except for corporate worship, which is, you know, sacred cow because it is sacred, (laughs) you know, I mean, really, you know, gathering together to worship is something that, you know, we know that that's part of our Christian life, but for sure, the rest of it, we probably need to look at and wonder about a little bit. We don't always ask the question of what sort of lifestyles and what sort of rhythms are we creating? Mm -hmm. And there, there's something to be said for a degree of confidence in what's right and what we're called to mm-hmm. so that you can allow what maybe you feel like obligation to do mm-hmm. and feel pressure to do can fall to the wayside because you have to value mm-hmm. what's like a healthy rhythm for everyone. A, a Sabbath right. lifestyle has to be like part of the, the rhythm of the church. I think that's, mm-hmm. that's, that's a really spot on point, but it, mm-hmm. it, it, it doesn't always get there easy. So Mm-mm. no, uh, one of the uh, the things you talk about also that uh, might feel as equally inaccessible to people mm-hmm. outside of doing what you and I do isn't just Sabbath, mm-hmm. but sabbatical, which mm-hmm. is if Sabbath is a way of life, but specifically one day, sabbatical mm-hmm. is the, the prolonged ex- extension of that. And yeah. I, I like that you tie, the quote you have ties it to uh, Leviticus, where you let the fields go fallow mm-hmm. for yeah. fallow—is that the right word? Fallow, uh, yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, or go yeah, dormant or fallow, lie fallow, yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, for for seven years, yeah. And so there's a, a like every seven years you let them rest, yeah. Mm-hmm. Which I think we've—I I don't do a ton of agricultural research, but I feel like we found that you have to actually do that for crops to be most productive. I think I think agriculture teaches that sort of biblical It absolutely principle. does. Yes, or a switching up the crops. I mean, that you can't just keep expecting ground to produce and produce and produce without giving it a rest. And so I think that's part of the powerful nature of the idea of sabbatical is that it's a spiritual thing that God gives. I mean, God says it. Um that you know six you know you work six years produce for six years and then rest on the seventh but then it all it is also part of this agricultural rhythm that we know is true mm-hmm. that land needs to lie fallow um you know every seventh year in order to keep producing so it's it's yeah. real but but uh <clears throat> that doesn't seem realistic for most mm-hmm. people outside of it, it seems like you my brother-in-law is an accountant like he's mm-hmm. he's not going to go to his you know fellow partners at his firm mm-hmm. and say hey guess what guys I'm taking yeah. a couple months off. I'm going to take a quarter off. Like that, that would almost be like unheard of to do that. Whereas, yeah. you know, I reached out to uh, uh, one of front of the podcast, Annie Crouch for something. And he's, Hey, I'm taking mm-hmm. a sabbatical next year. And I thought, Oh, well, right. that, that makes sense. Of course you are. Why wouldn't you? But mm-hmm. my brother-in-law never could do that. So w- what is the advice that you would give yeah. to someone like my brother-in-law who's got a, an, an accounting job and they're not going to mm-hmm. give him a quarter off? Right. Well, my husband's a banker, so in the similar that the financial yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. So he doesn't get sabbaticals either. So I, yeah. I that is part of what I was wrestling with as I got my sabbatical. I've had more than one, um, and also as I thought about even putting this out there in writing, and then also realizing that many elder boards are made up of people just like that who aren't going to get a sabbatical, but you're asking them to grant the pastor a sabbatical, and so of course there might be the feeling of well, why should we give him or her one? when most of us here at this table aren't going to get one. And I I think that is a naughty issue. The first thing I would say is that the corporate world is starting to realize that all humans benefit from a prolonged period of time off and their productivity increases and they're able to bring their best selves and more and more um, ideas come through these longer periods of being yeah. of having a break and there's more creativity that gets brought back more of a sense of focus and purpose um, so all of that is real for any human who functions at a high level of leadership um, I think there is something in the nature though of pastoral leadership in particular where it's a little bit more of a always on call sort of thing even if you are taking a sabbatical um, you know, your weekends, your evenings, you know, in traditional churches anyway, part of the pastoral responsibility was to be on call. Yeah, um, and then sure. you've got th- this reality of Sunday's always coming. So you're always pouring out really, really, really like, 
like every Sunday, pouring out yeah. more of your soul, pouring out maybe even stuff that maybe you're even getting out ahead of your skis sometimes and preaching things that you're not even fully practicing because you didn't have enough time and space to really learn something and practice it and integrate it into your life before you were required to preach on it. There, there's something about that level of responsibility and then the decision making, the, mm-hmm. the, the incredible decision making that high level leaders have to make and that we want our high level leaders to be able to think freshly and to actually have the energy to discern and to have creative, creative ideas that for senior leadership in particular, that there is something about that. That's it's, it's appropriate. Um, we are Christians after all too. And I think we need to say that, that, you know, my husband works at a bank uh, with people that aren't trying to live in God's economy. Your brother-in-law probably also works somewhere where people are not trying to live by God's ways, but we are God's community. We are Jesus community. And so our mandate is to live according to God's ways for us. We can't Mm -hmm. control what the secular world will do, but we can control how we do our existence in God. And I think that's really significant because both Sabbath and sabbatical, by definition, require trust in God. By definition. Oh, well, for the Israelites, when it was given to them, they had to trust that if they followed God's instructions and gathered for six days, that what God said would be true, that God would provide for them on the seventh. And so we as Christians are being required to trust God and say, if I follow God's ways for me, and I work six days and rest on the seventh, God will provide. The work that I've done in six days by God's grace will be enough. The loaves and the fishes, if you will, that God yeah. will make it enough. Um, and then sabbatical even more so, because then you have to trust that God can keep running the world while you are stepping back the way God has invited you to and asked you to. You have to trust your people that they will be able to carry on without you. You have Mm -hmm. to trust that God's ways are good for us and that they're necessary and say, okay, God, I'm trusting you on this one. This is awkward. This is uncomfortable, but I'm trusting you that working six years and then taking a longer sabbatical on the seventh is, is what you know about me as, as my creator. Well, the secular world doesn't have, any sense that they're trying to trust God with anything. They're only trusting their own human striving. So we can't expect this of them, you know? Um, But in God's economy, this is part of God's economy. We're living according to God's economy. Then we trust and we do what God has told us to do. So that's, that's one big thought that I have in response to what you're asking. Um, So, I mean, does that that, resonate? Yeah, no, I mean, that makes perfect sense. If, if the theory is, that only rests in God can mm-hmm. we remember who we are. Only in resting mm-hmm. God can we remember who we are. Then it has to be a priority in the same way that we create a, a Sabbath way of life that we would also mm-hmm. have to concurrently create a, a sabbatical, uh, sabbatical way of life where mm-hmm. you build this up. And I don't know what that looks like for everyone's occupation and paid time off mm-hmm. and how you store it up. But you know, I've, I've heard of a few people, uh, even some that I might be related to, who st- save up their PTO for a long period of time, and eventually you get to use it. And my military That's friends, right. they got that. And you know, I don't know what it's like in, in the banking world or anything like that. Um, but, but I do know that people are really creative. And if you really want to do something, people seem to find a way to get a lot done. And in some ways, that might be a privileged statement because not everyone has the ability to do that. I, I get that. And some people who are working a job and they're just lucky to have one for whatever reason, like that might mm-hmm. not be it. And so right. how do you talk about the, what can be perceived as a privilege that, yeah. mm-hmm. you know, people who mm-hmm. do, you know, certain type of work where they have the ability to do this and, yeah. you know, you know, maybe you're, you're working a job that this kind of stuff is not going to ever be on the table mm-hmm. and you feel actually physically like the Israelites with, you know, your own Pharaoh mm-hmm. saying, Hey, you got to come to work every day. Yeah. Well, I really grappled with the question of privilege in, in this book and I probably didn't go as far with it as I could, but I did make sure that it was seated in yeah. there. The yeah, question sure. of whether or not Sabbath smacks of privilege and whether or not only people of privilege can, um, access it. And I think, first of all, we do have to go back to the biblical and the historic origins of the Sabbath and realize that God didn't give it to the privilege. God gave the Sabbath to those who were oppressed and who were in bondage and who were actually slaves. And so the Sabbath 
is related to liberation. It's ne- it was never meant to be given to the wealthy, affluent, privileged few. It was always meant to represent freedom from oppression for those who have been oppressed. So yeah. that's just true. And whether we've distorted it, that's another issue, but that's not go- what God's intention was in giving mm-hmm. it. So that's the first thing. Um, so we can't let anybody convince us that Sabbath is about privilege because it's just not. Now, you do raise really important issues, though, about people who are working for an hourly wage. And if they don't work, that means they don't get paid. Um, people who work for employers who might even fire them if they were yeah. to say, I, you know, I, I'm going to take Sundays off or whatever. And that's another reason why I really believe that Sabbath must be a communal discipline, because I think we have to help each other with this. I think that, um, first of all, it would be, I, I really suggest that there be real conversations around Sabbath and that people with similar struggles could get together and brainstorm together some solutions. Yeah. Um, and I also, you know, I, I had a great conversation on my own podcast with Rich Velotis, and they are doing things, they're doing amazing things in New York City around this idea that everyone should get a Sabbath. No matter what kind of job you have, everybody should get a Sabbath. So they're talking to their congregational small groups about generosity in small groups. How can we support one another um, with generosity so that they can't, like, say, if they lose out on pay because yeah. they take a Sabbath, that the small group comes around them and through generosity actually makes up that difference. He's also working on um, in, in, on policies, you know, that have to do with granting people this, this life-giving way of life. Um, I write, I write, I quote Norman Wurzba in my book about a Sabbath economy, that there would actually be something that we would work on together as a human race that uh, through policies, you know, that, that help us all to get to enter in. And I think that's part of what's hard about the fact that our culture no longer supports Sabbath. Cause I don't, I mean, I'm old enough to remember a day when stores were not open on the Sabbath, yep. um, that Sunday was a different day culturally. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, and, and one of the reasons that the, that the Jewish people were able to accomplish it was because they all did it together. They closed their businesses. They all did it together. So somehow we're going to have to grapple with these issues together in community versus individuals, leaving individuals to try to figure this out for themselves. Oh, that's good. I, I love Rich and it's not mm-hmm. surprising that some of the great work that they're doing up there in New York. I love that. And mm-hmm. I think your observation about how culture has shifted away from a communal like day off. You mentioned mm-hmm. kids sports before, like that like that mm-hmm. didn't go on. It even did when not I was go kid, on. Right? Yeah. And it's so new. We, we, it's twenty years old, I think. I know Maybe. it's weird. Like when we talk yeah. about like, you know, the language, the political language of, you know, you know, America's not the Christian nation that it used to be and we're losing our morals and values. It's almost never talking about this. Like no one ever talks about Sabbath being eroded mm-hmm. as part of the degradation of society. And that's I think right. that's a whole complex conversation. But I think the point I was trying to make is we don't see this as central to our Christianity. Mm-hmm. Like we don't see this that's as right. central to mm-hmm. a Christian lifestyle, but it truly is. And it truly is something that we all need to do. And I think it's, uh, the more we talk about, like, I think is it's just a positive thing. And I think sometimes we have to uh, you know, come back to reimagine what it looks like. Yeah. One of the things that you talk about, you, you tell a, a story about uh, two guys who finish up on a Sunday and they're going to do Sabbath. Mm. And so they watch three football games in a row. <laughs> and as someone who lives in Texas, like I think watching football for an entire day actually is part of our liturgy. <laughs> That's as right. Texas should be part of, it should be a sacred rhythm. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. I, I don't know why you are talking bad I about that. I left it out. I left yeah. it out. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. But you talk about, uh, I think the, the phraseology was, uh, uh, a spectator passivity, something like that, where yeah. we've like kind of bought into this sort of like, we're, we're just passive and we're just spectating on things. Mm-hmm. Instead of like, I feel like the idea is like to really participate in this. If if we're imagining Sabbath and we think, okay, well, I'm just going to kind of be passive and sit on my couch and do nothing, which I think there's definitely a place for that. Mm-hmm. What is something that isn't just a passive way of participating in Sabbath, but a, a more dare I say, participatory way of doing it. Yeah, yeah, that's that's really good because um, I think sometimes when we're overly exhausted, and that's another topic, you know, when we're living an unsustainable lifestyle mm-hmm. and we're dangerously tired, we get to the Sabbath and we do drop into that recliner and turn the TV on and eat 
junk mm. and veg out. That is not Sabbath rest. Um, Sabbath rest is is more about entering in to delight and particularly delight. Um, rest, worship, and delight. Those are the three things that Sabbath is ordered around. Mm-hmm. And um, when once we've gotten a little bit of rest, we can do things that actually help us to enter into delight, whatever it is that delights us, whether it's going for a walk through the fall leaves. We're having a spectacular fall here in Chicago and the leaves just call to you. You know, they're, they're, they're mm-hmm. so gorgeous. So that's something active. That's participatory. That's not sitting like a vegetable in a chair, mm-hmm. um, a nap because God invited you to take a nap because you really have given it your mm-hmm. all during the week, yeah. but you take a nap or you make love in the afternoon. I mean, those are participatory. Yeah, yeah you heard no it first arc- here, you know, right? No you love that. Yeah, That's no, right. But, yeah. um, reading books for pleasure Dr. versus. Ordered yeah, it. yeah, she yep. did. She did. Yep. And God, and actually, it's, you know, part of the Jewish tradition. Did you know this? Yeah, you get bonus points for you that. You get right? bonus points for did doing it Lauren- twice. Winner mm-hmm. talk about that in one of her That's books. Right. I, I'm not going to forget that because I mm-hmm. read that when I was like 20. I was like, hey, this, right. this winner is a that's winner. That's right. That's right. You got to love a religion like this, don't you? Amen. Yeah, let's go. <laughs> let's do that. That's, that's, that's the great stuff right there. Yeah. Um, so you're, you're describing, okay, taking a nap, uh, connecting mm-hmm. with your spouse. Um, Playing with your children, like being available okay. to throw the ball or to get down the floor with the babies, you know, like all the things that you're too busy mm-hmm. to do during the week, but that are really are delightful and life-giving. Yeah. Um, those are the kinds of things that we enter into those things that we delight in. And most people are have lived the way we've lived for so long that if you were to ask them what delights you, they don't even know the answer yet. Like wow. they actually have to give some thought to what delights me or going for a long run, you know, um, that where you're not pushing yourself, but you know, you get to get into that flow a little bit, you know, stuff like that, art, music, you know, any of it. Fitness community would talk about that as Mm an active recovery day. Mm-hmm. Where you're, you're doing something active, it might not be as strenuous as a hardest workout, but you're doing something to keep. That's keep right. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, that's that's uh, that's what is uh, what's the food that you like to enjoy on a Sabbath? Like right now, like you've got the mm-hmm. next one coming up. What, what's on the menu? Yeah, well, I like to make soups on a okay. Sabbath if it's in the right if it's the right season. Fall, I like really that's the right weather. Fall right? is the right season, and I have a few recipes where. The process itself, the process of making it is actually very life-giving to me. And I don't have time to make soup during my work week. Um, but making a really nice soup on on the Sabbath and having the time to do it, to chop the onions yeah. and, you know, all of that. I just love that. And that's why we want to be very nuanced about how we talk about work. That's why to cease your normal labors is so important because I don't mm-hmm. normally make soup. It could sound like work to some people, but I don't normally make it. Yeah. But on the Sabbath, when I get to make it in a leisurely way with looking forward to being with my loved ones to share it. Wow. That is a life-giving activity. It's so beautiful. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Things like that. That's great. Yeah. I, I definitely think cooking a meal that you usually wouldn't do, taking your time. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, I think that's just one of the ways that you delight in the goodness mm-hmm. of God. And that's right. Oh, that's, that's really good. Mm-hmm. Okay, we're going to have to take this to the Northworthy yeah. household and talk about this whole like communal okay. Sabbath because uh-huh. I really like being by myself <laughs> on Friday as my Sabbath. I um, so I don't know if uh, I might just have to cut that part of the podcast yeah. out. Yeah, I know <laughs> you might. Joking. But listen to what I'm saying, though. You could have it both ways. You could have your Sabbath all the way through sun- through the rest of the day on Sunday after you've yeah. discharged your responsibilities, and then you could still Sabbath on Monday morning or into the afternoon. Mm-hmm. I mean, so you'd, you'd get both. You could very easily get both if mm-hmm. you chose it. Okay, so one of my friends, mm-hmm. uh, preacher a few years older than me, when I was just like developing my rhythm as a preacher, he said, mm-hmm. I don't want Monday to be my day off. I don't want this because I like have that holy hangover. I heard this. Mm-hmm. Right? And so I it's like, it. I don't want to have mm-hmm. like that junk and the, the, the funk, which, you know, maybe mm-hmm. you experience it as well. I do. As, yes, I but, do. Mm-hmm. Or like Friday, it's like, hey, work's done for the week. I feel really good. Mm-hmm. I'm rejuvenated. And so I'm ready to go into Sunday. Like, you know, I'm, I'm, mm-hmm. I, I'm an introvert. And so like, I, like recharge by myself. And mm-hmm. so like I'm charged up, ready to go Sunday. But anyway, well, yeah, well, or maybe Friday night could be that one yeah. period of time when your family is together, lights the candle, has yeah. special food, plays games away. together. Yeah. yeah. However, your kids enjoy being together with you and you enjoy being together with them. Maybe it's just Friday evening for you. You know, yeah. it could and, be and that. That is, yeah. that is part of it. Like we do mm-hmm. Friday night. Now it's complicated because now, you know, I know, you know, my, my daughter's, uh, my oldest daughter's in middle school. And so last Friday mm-hmm. she was 
cheering with the high school at the football game. And so mm-hmm. we're, we're Texans. And so football is part of our, yeah. like I said, our liturgy. Mm-hmm. And so, but like it's family night, we're together. And like, yeah. but what do you do when like, hey, that's sleepover night and you want your kids to socialize, you mm-hmm. want them to have friends, but you all, it's just like, this is part of my, my struggle is, I want church to be a positive experience for my daughters and I mm-hmm. don't want them to go, since dad's a preacher, I can't do this. And yeah. there's a there's a line right there that I I, I just really don't want to cross it. So I don't I want get. them growing up with resentment towards the church. Mm-hmm. What would you say? Like you mm-hmm. obviously live through this, like your pastor's daughter. Yeah. Well, and also I had daughters. I have three daughters. Yeah. And so when I started embracing Sabbath, they were teenagers and I did not feel that I could foist it on them because they already had many of their priorities set. So I practiced myself with my husband in a way that I, it was very winsome to them because eventually they began to see the goodness of it and to realize, Mm. oh, mom's a different person on the Sabbath. Oh, she makes really good food on the Sabbath. I really want to be around on the Sabbath because I like Mm -hmm. who she is. And, you know, she's sitting on the couch under a blanket and she loves me to come sit and talk. She's just different. So that's the other thing is I think that kids need to experience the Sabbath quality of our presence as parents. I don't want my kids to miss out on the best me. I am the best me on the Sabbath. And I don't want them to miss being with me in those days. So, um, so anyway, you you said that you mm -hmm. talk slower and walk slower on the Mm -hmm. Sabbath. I do. I I feel the same way. And that's the best part. I'm not stressed to get my kids to school at a certain time because I've got to get there after it's, Mm -hmm. it's the better me that I'm giving my family. That's right. That's, that's a good word. Yeah. Yeah. So oh, I think good. if you if you let your desire deepen, if you really start to pay it, let yourself pay attention to what's stirring in you, even as we talk, um, really stay present with that versus letting your mind come in with but can't do that. But, you know, that's yeah. just the ego mind wanting to undermine your deepest spiritual desires. But if you stay with it. I really believe that God might show you a way and it'll be unique to you. It'll be unique to your family stage of life. But um if you let your desire deepen, I think God will show you the way. Um, and I think you want That's it. Good. I do. I think That's you want word. it. Yeah. That's a good word. Can, mm-hmm. can I ask you a personal question? Are you sure. an Enneagram person? Are mm-hmm. you, do you talk about what, uh, what number you experience the world as? What I, like, well, how, do you talk about your number? Like your no. Enneagram number? No, Mm-mm. no, okay. I don't share it. Yeah. Cause okay. I've had, yeah, I've had some experiences that weren't positive with, with sharing. So I just don't. Okay. Yeah. We'll, we'll just, I'll just, but I can deal. talk about it a lot. I just don't, I okay, just don't no, no, identify I respect mine. that. I respect Thank that. Thank you. Fair enough. Okay. Well then mm-hmm. I will end that question there, but Hey, uh, let me tell you this, the, the book, I appreciate you writing it. It's a resource that we all need. Uh, the title is embracing rhythms of work and rest. So mm-hmm. can uh, we give that quote? I have the Richard Rohr quote. Oh, okay. Yeah. Let's end So Richard Rohr says that we have no real access to who we really are, except in God. Mm-hmm. Only when we rest in God can we find the safety, the spaciousness, and the scary freedom to be who we are, all that we are, more than we are, and less than we are. Amen. Oh, amen. That's good. Aww. I think I first came across your work when I was in mm-hmm. grad school like 20 years ago. And so it is an honor to finally meet you Aww. and to talk with you. And thank you for the gift that you've been to the world. And thank you for this book. Oh, thanks for a great conversation, Luke. I really appreciate it. God bless you. And you as well. 